today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am Trent Taylor, your host. And tonight we're going to be talking about a hard topic. And if you want to pull your Bible out, we are going to be spending the entire evening in Habakkuk. He was an amazing prophet, and his, his, his book is different than any of the other prophets, minor or otherwise, because it is more of a lament as opposed to basically speaking to the people. He was having a conversation directly with God. And so tonight I want to get into this a little bit with um, kind of, you know, this, the state of what's going on in the world. you feel it? It's yucky, man. We're, we're in an election year. Uh, everything going on there is extremely disgusting, and I wanted to, you know, something that's been coming to, to into my purview a lot when people want to sit down and talk and have a conversation is, I, I trust God, I love God, I know God, but you know what, why is there so much injustice going on? And I want to tell you something, you're not the first people to ever ask this. In fact, Habakkuk, a prophet that was sitting there seeing what was going on in regards to the Babylonians. And he, he saw this going on, and he was crying out to God. And so I'm going to begin tonight just a little bit with you know Habakkuk uh, in chapter 1. And I'm not going to read the whole text. Now, we're going to read a fair amount, and then I'm just going to direct you to Scripture, and we're going to talk about some of this. But before we get into to much of the Scripture tonight, I, I just want to ask you, and it's okay. You know what? God is a big God, and He wants us to be honest with Him and to have an honest dialogue and conversations. And I've had quite a few difficult conversations with God recently. And I've had somebody even recently ask me, well, where is God? I know God. I've, I've experienced God. I've been in his presence. But I feel this gap right now. Well, what is that? And where is that gap coming from? And I'll just go ahead and tell you. It's coming from the demonic that has been completely unleashed throughout the earth. There's scripture that goes along with this in regards to, especially as it relates to Revelation and the end days and how the world will become anti-Semitic, which, by the way, if you haven't watched the previous uh, podcast, it was phenomenal. I had uh, Courtney Crowley on. A lot of phenomenal feedback. Um, I think we had, you know, somewhere at this time, you know, uh, between all the shorts that were kind of pulled out of it and so forth, between eight and 10,000 views. And I'll just go ahead and say this. Some of the comments get a little spicy. So um, if you see something out there, I'm not asking you to go out and get in an argument. Or And sometimes also the scripture says don't argue with a fool. I mean, there's some really stupid comments out there. But one of the things that I'm going to be addressing uh, in one of the next couple of podcasts is you know, somebody asked me not too long ago, well, why does everybody hate the Jews? Well, nobody can actually give you an exact definition or re- re- reason why. They can kind of s- speak around it because, you know, everybody's, all these young generations, oh, genocide Joe, and they're, you know, all, it's, it's a bunch of, it's, that's ridiculous. Let me tell you, it's because anti-Semitism is a spirit, and it's, it's a demonic spirit and, and hates, hates God. 
and hates the Jewish people because of the relationship and the covenant that God made with them. So we're going to talk more about that. But if you haven't watched the last podcast, I highly recommend uh, you get out there and you take a look at it. And so without further ado, I think we should uh, begin with Habakkuk. But I want to just go ahead and let's just, I'm going to read a little bit of Habakkuk 1. And just kind of how he is crying out to God. I mean, why is he crying out to God? He's, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Hear the honest conversation that he's having with God. Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you not show me iniquity? Sorry, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There's strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. And he's going to go on and, and cry out to God, and God is going to say, so he's having a dialogue, a conversation with God. And God goes on to say, hey, you don't worry about it. I'm going to bring, you know, uh, destruction to those who are standing against me. Look, his, this is God's reply. Look, among the nations, watch, be utterly astounded. For I will work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans. Okay, so we're, we're talking about the Babylonians over here. A bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and dignity proceed from themselves. So I'm going to stop for just a minute. And so he's going to go on and say, well, why are you going to let them have it? They're even worse than, you know, all the Jews that aren't practicing, all the, all the Israelites who have forgotten your word and forgotten your ways. And God says, you don't worry about them because judgment's going to come against them too. But I'm going to use them for this judgment, but don't worry, their judgment will be even worse. That is the overall and overarching message of Habakkuk. And there's, there's a lot of, it's only three chapters. If, if you're looking for something to really sink your teeth into, this is an easy and a good one, to, a good way to do it. So I thought we would do this. When you get over to Habakkuk chapter two, um, there's something that everybody will, or, you know, theologians will refer to as the five woes of uh, Habakkuk. And there's basically five elements of things plaguing the world. And when I, now think of this, we're talking about, at the time, so um, northern Israel has already been taken. So we're looking now at Judah being taken by the Babylonians. So you're looking, you know, 600 B.C., 587 B.C., 586 B.C., whoever, depending on exactly what you look at, but roughly, right? And you have all, all of this going on. And so this is referring to that time. But when you go through the woes, you're going to see some pretty serious parallels uh, to things going on today. So I'm going to go through the woes. Um, if you haven't, by the way, subscribe, please subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends about uh, about our podcast. Um, also, there's our sister channel over there, the TCAB Shorts or Clips. Um, be sure and check that uh, channel out as well. So in looking in Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, we're going to begin. We're actually going to go through all five woes, but then where this is going. And we're going to throw a little bit of, I'm going to show a video here in a minute of something that might get your blood up a little bit. Because there is so much injustice. And when I was trying to decide what I was going to show in some parallels of today's society, there is plenty to talk about. Um, this one ought to get your blood up a little bit. But the good news is, is that God is just. He always, he is always victorious. And you're going to see victory. You really are. So let's start with this. Um, let's go through woe number one. So this is in Habakkuk chapter two, beginning in verse six. Will not 
So the, the, the woe number one is unjust economics and a lust of power. Does that sound familiar? I would think that it does. Will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his. How long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges. Will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who uh, oppress you? And will uh, you will become their booty because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you because of men's blood, the violence of the land of the city and all who dwell in it. So let's talk about this for a minute. The, there, there's absolutely unjust economics. Um, and, and that which is being taken, you know, from, from people left and right. I mean, yes, I could get into taxes. But we are right now one of the most just frustrating frustrating American, you know, uh, administrations ever in the history of our nation is in, is in uh, the White House right now. And they want to stand out there and they keep saying, oh, look at how great the economy is. When every person who actually lives in this, lives in this country knows when you go to the grocery store, it is a lot more expensive than it used to be. You know, my wife and I, we have five kids and things used to be a whole lot easier. And, you know, just the, two years ago. And that was, think about that. That was after even COVID. So I saw uh, a, 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 some statistics um, about two months ago that said if you were you're living in the same way that you were two years ago, that the average family of four was spending an extra roughly $11,000 a year. And I absolutely believe that. I can feel that. You know, I, my wife and I, we recently, so we're talking about injustice, so we're going to talk about a few things, but there's good news, so don't leave. Don't quit. There's great news at the end of this. We're going to spend a lot of time on the good news, so don't go away. But my wife and I were, I, I added up, so our insurance rates went up, um, you know, so insurance went up, um, all these, started looking at how much we pay in taxes and, and, and all of these different elements, and it is incredibly unfair and unjust. And then you have, right now, if you are paying attention to what's going on in the world, um, they were trying to pass a border, quote-unquote border bill, it had nothing to do with the border at all. We already have all the laws we need right now on the books. Go take care of the border, man. We have scumbags coming across, and enemies, and terrorists, and drugs, and fentanyl deaths, at, you know, absolutely you know, it's an epidemic. People are dying in just incredible rates because of that demonic drug that's being sent over predominantly from China and the cartels. Okay, well, in this bill, what they wanted to do is to take our tax. We are, I don't know if you don't know, right now you can actually go look this up, but the war in Ukraine, we are funding are the taxpayer dollars. Your money is funding that in a whole other government. Not only that, it is funding people's pensions. And retirements. Well, what about our pensions? What about our retirements? I mean, they're, they're piddling it all away, and we're borrowing money from our enemies in China. It's just absolutely insane. I mean, the, the things that are taken from us. And so one of the things, I'm, I'm kind of getting you revved up, but I'm doing it on purpose. I'm doing it on purpose because we're going to go somewhere with this. But there's this video that I thought was kind of telling um, of the demonic, you know, organization of the World Economic Forum and all of the people connected with this. And you might recognize this phrase. It's a very pertinent question to ask, how do we build back better? To build back better or whatever. We have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. To build back better than before. Remember the, the terrible damage of COVID as we try to build back from this uh, global pandemic. Joe Biden calls it build back better. Build back better. Building back better. To do things differently. To build back better better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. This is my plan to build back better. 
start taking all the problems that have been created in education and mental health and start to to build back in a positive way. I have launched a booklet called Build Back Better, Britain After Coronavirus. It's about building this country back better. Growing conspiracy following it. It is called The Great Reset. Unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. The theory even calls Mr. Biden's campaign slogan, Build Back Better, a front for the conspiracy. Build back better. Building back better our economy. Build back better. All elements of the Great Reset are fundamental to building the future we need. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back back better. We would say to really have a great reset. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Conspiracy. That make you feel all nice and warm and fuzzy? I thought it might. You know, <laughs> it is frustrating. And, you know, what I should have, I should have had a moron count going up here at the top left of the, uh, of the screen and seeing how, how, how I get. But that Build Back Better was the same kind of thing as going on with that border bill. It's about taking everything that is ours and plundering our nation and trying to literally create a, a global uh, a government where you have no power. Um, and so I can keep going and, and we can talk about all the idiots and, and how and, and get all puffed up. But let me tell you something. This is this is something that God also talked about as we begin. And when you start looking at in, in first and second Timothy, first and second Thessalonians, as we get closer to the end, it begins to tell us. I mean, there are 19 attributes in Timothy that tell us, you know, that you know, that these are these are, uh, you know, guideposts of you living in the end times. And every one of those have been met. I've talked about them before. I might bring them up again in the future, you know, when we're talking about the Antichrist kingdom. But regardless, if we look, let's just look at that. Well, number one, unjust economics and lust of power. I think that we have that checked off. Again, history repeats itself. Let's go to woe number two. Woe number two, greed and unjust gain. Habakkuk 2, 9 through 11. Woe to him who covets evil, gain for his house that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples and sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. We live in incredibly greedy times where people receive gain that is completely unjust while others um, struggle month to month. And I want to go ahead and tell you this. I know that right now you're thinking, you know, Maybe even you're getting more frustrated with God based upon your circumstances. But, but before you could just know this, God is a just God. And he tells us that we're going to go through trials and tribulations. In fact, in James 1, 2 through 4, it says that whenever you are faced of trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. For the testing of your faith shall produce endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And let me tell you something. The first time I heard that scripture, I was like, that's the dumbest scripture I've ever heard. Why should I be joyful during the middle of tribulations? Because it's, and it's not just talking about the tribulation, it's talking about tribulations in life. We're going to struggle. We live in a fallen world. It is filled with fallen people. Somebody not too long ago I was having a conversation with, they talked about somebody who, a teaching they were sitting under a church they were at. And the, the pastor spoke about, well, if you are struggling financially, then you don't have enough faith. Let me tell you, that's a demonic teaching. It really is. It's, it's, it's heresy. 
Um, and that is not God. God tells us, I'm telling you, the enemy, the Satan uses money. In fact, there's the teaching on money versus mammon. Okay, now that's as it relates to our heart. But Satan absolutely distracts. I can't tell you how many people pursue wealth over faith. Let me just go ahead and tell you, man, that if, if you go through life and the only struggle that you have is making, it's hard to make ends meet, but you have your health, you have a great marriage, you have your kids are well, okay, all right, well then you'd really, it is a, is a, is a whole, I mean, it's not that big of a problem because God can change everything with a single check, with a single encounter, with a single financial whatever. And so I mentioned several other things. Well, what if your marriage is struggling? Well, what if you do have a child who is ill and God has not yet restored your marriage or healed your child? Is this a different message? It's actually the very same message because God wants, he's a just God. You have to believe that. The word, I left my Bible, I hate when I don't bring my Bible and have to use the digital thing, but, but the Bible is the infallible and inerrant word of God, and you have a choice to make. This world, I'm just going to tell you, life is going to stink sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, I don't know. But you have a choice how you're going to go through it, and there's going to come a judgment seat that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, but the, the Bama seat. And we, that, that's, not a, the judgment seat of, that's not a judgment of punishment, but rather a reward because of how we've gone through this life. I'm going to keep going. Woe number three, violence and slave labor. Habakkuk 2, 12 through 14. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed their fire? Sorry, to feed the fire and the nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, there's a piece of good news in there. With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, that's when we are being treated unfairly. I mean, many of you right now, as I said this, you probably think that you may very well feel like you have a job where you feel like you are truly a slave. And it's unjust. You're un, probably, you know, unjustly treated or unjustly paid. And you're building the wealth of the wicked. I know there's one man that I that's probably going to listen to this podcast, and I'm not going to I'm not going to sell him out. But he is um, gold. I love talking to this man. He's an electrician by trade. And many of the places he has to go travel uh, for uh, provision for to make to provide for his family, and that means a lot of time. Most of the time, um, he is in another city, someplace else. And the people, many times that he's actually working for, are the people that you would consider the nastiest on the planet. These data centers and these tech centers for Facebook, and Google, and Microsoft, and things of that nature. So how unfair it may feel and must feel to go and to be treated poorly while you're literally building the wealth up for the wicked. But remember this, what does the Bible say? Is that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. We have to stand and believe on that. Woe number four, drunkenness, lust, and corrupting others. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk, that you may look on his nakedness. You are filled with shame instead of glory. You also drink and be exposed as uncircumcised. Now, he's, he's, that, that, that is the prophet in him saying, you know what? Expose your uncircumcision, not just maybe physically even, but it's just in your heart, how you represent God. The cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you, and utter shame will be on your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will cover you and the plunder of beasts, which made them afraid because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and all who dwell in it. Habakkuk 2, 15 through 17. This is something very common. I was actually talking with Brandy, uh, my wife, the other day. And 
So if you go on a news website, in fact, I could go right now, and um, I'm not going to, but I guarantee you, if you go to any news website any day, you will see where uh, a teacher or a female adult, and almost all of them are female now, okay, have uh, taken advantage of young men, young women, and it's, it's almost every day. And they'll get them drunk, they'll get them high, and they take advantage of them. Now, think of this. Think about Jeffrey Epstein and all the – I mean, how come we don't know? We should know everything. The people, some of the people that we saw in that, that clip a little while ago used to partake of Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile, you know, pedophile island. Well, why are they not in jail? Instead, they're over there you know, gallivanting around the world. But just remember, we're getting there. God is just. They will get theirs in the end. This is a new thing that is absolutely rampant everywhere. I mean, in, in you know, the, the corruption of others, you know, you've heard that saying that bad company, you know, corrupts good morals. So it's not a saying, it's actually a proverb, but I'm, actually what I was going is that, uh, you know, when, when people are going to go and, and do something, you know, they don't want to do it alone. If they're going to go do something bad, they want company to go along with them, you know. Misery loves company. That's, the, that's what I was looking for. Misery loves company. And there, so, so you have people now in generation, entire two, I can think of, you know, they're technically not generations as we refer to them in an age and Bible, but the millennials and generation Z are incredibly lost. And they, their entire, a big portion of this, these generations is about seeking pleasure and nothing else. They are doing nothing but consuming, but create nothing. Um, and that's actually a topic I want to touch on here before long. All right, let's keep going. Well, number five, idolatry, worshiping false gods. You know, well, I'll tell a story here in a minute, but Habakkuk 2, 18 through 19, what prophet is the image that its maker should carve it? The molded image, a teacher of lies, that, it, that the maker of its uh, mold should trust in it to make mute idols. Woe to him who says to wood, awake, to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and yet there is no breath in it at all. You know, back then, yeah, we're talking about, but it's no different now. I watched a video the other day. It is the most stupid thing. It's one of some of these climate people, and they literally are just balled up in fetal positions in a group. It's like I, crying because we're hurting Mother Earth. Let me tell you, let's go back for a minute. We, as Christians, were called. In fact, from the very beginning, God told us to go and attend the garden. We are supposed to be some of the best, the best stewards of this planet, okay? But this planet is not God. It is something that God created for us. And it's not just that. I mean, the, the climate stuff, you, we know as a whole, the climate stuff is just about power and control and minimizing the voice that any of you have. But look at all the other things. There was the other day, there was a Navy SEAL, um, I think it's in Iowa, that could be off, but I, so around the Christmas time, uh, the Satanic Temple... Um, they put in a, a satanic display uh, with Baphomet in the Capitol. And so this Navy SEAL, he saw it, and he chopped the head off that thing. Well, now he is being, um, he's been, he was arrested, and he's being tried with a hate crime. Let me tell you something. We should hate Baphomet. We should hate demonic things. We should stand up. Now, did he do the right thing? Could he have done it a different way? Yeah, probably, but I understand his frustration. It's a righteous anger. Let me tell you, this is Jesus in anger. He went, he went outside of the, uh, of, of the city, and he made a cat of nine tails. Do you know what that thing is? I mean, we're talking about he, he was angry, and he went out, and then he goes back into the temple, and he is knocking tables over, and he's, he is angry, but it is righteous anger. Jesus was angered, but he never sinned. And we need to be filled with that same righteous fire to defend the word of God. 
into when we see all this idolatry, it, it's people worship their TVs, man. People worship just television stuff that has no value. And so just just we have got to put an end um, to idolatry. Here's the thing. Let's start talking about the good, the, the victory side of this thing. And that is Habakkuk 3. I am not going to go all the way through Habakkuk 3. I'm just going to talk about three salient points that I would like to make. And then we'll be finished uh, for the evening. But the, the points go like this. So the coming victory over evil and oppression. And just remember, as I, as I go through this, um, history repeats itself. Everything I just said right there that was going on at the time of the Babylonians and Habakkuk, it, it is going on now, right? God told us that as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the time of the Son of Man. So when Jesus is to come back for his church and when tribulation sets in, I mean, that's what the world's going to look like. It's going to be even worse than what we're reading in right here, right? But God is a just God. So overcoming, or the coming victory over evil and oppression. So when God will defeat evil. In Habakkuk 3, verses 1 through 9, I'm going to read a little piece of it, but it says, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In the wrath, remember, uh, in wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Selah. Oh, that's a very important thing. I want to, it really says Selah. Do you know that Habakkuk is the only other uh book in the entire Bible other than Psalms that has the that has the word Selah. And so we need to talk about a Selah moment. We usually refer to a Selah moment in times of worship when we just pause and we stop and we sit before the throne of the Father and we have our hands up and we say, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me, for who you, you know, what you, what you did on the cross, but for, for who you've put around me as well, for the, the, the friends and the worship and the just... And that's what we do, is that just to thank God, a Selah moment, right? To sit at the, front, uh, the feet of the Father. That's what a Selah moment is. Well, think of this. When we're going through this, and they, our enemies are going to be judged, and God says, I will judge through all of this. He's saying, I will judge every one of these enemies. That you think that, yeah, I used your enemies, okay, for your judgment, referring to the Israelites. But let me tell you something. They're never going to make it. You know, there's some people that... I'll touch on this. Though. Some of the comments that in the last post, um, Courtney had made a comment, and I agree with her that the Israelites are the only people group from antiquity into, that have made it and exist in modernity. And so people want to talk about the Persians. Well, the Persians technically know that because they're Iranian, right? Now, but that's not even true. You go further back, the Ottoman Empire and all these things, all these others converged and were gone. Some people brought up the, Greek, uh, the, uh, the Greeks. When was the last time you saw a people group worshiping Zeus? Okay, and I'm sure there's some idiots out there doing it. But there's more than that, okay? It's the people group, not only from a perspective of what they believe, what they worship, but also their bloodlines because it became so watered down, scattered. Well, the Israelites, think of this. We know for a fact in, the time, in Revelation it says that there will be 144,000. The 144,000 is 12,000 from each tribe. They will be radically saved. They will, they will become the, uh, evangelist, uh, the evangelists in the time of the tribulation. And every one of those, all 144,000 of those, uh, those Jews will live through the tribulation and make it into the thousand-year uh, reign without dying. That, and, but here's the, my point to that is, is that the 12 is the 12 tribes. And they have to be able to trace and track and know what tribe their heritage belongs to. How many other how many other groups of people on the planet could even begin to get close to anything like that? 
they couldn't. All right, let's move on. Coming victory over evil and oppression when God will bring justice to all. Let me tell you something. So beginning in verse 4, I'm going to actually, it's right after the Selah moment. It's still technically part of verse 3. But he says, His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. You should continue to go. It says that he had, his brightness was like the, uh, was like, uh, the light, and he had rays flashing from his hand. And there, his power was hidden. Think of this, that Selah moment. When finally, all this oppression and, and judgment is coming in and we're going to talk about oppression here in a minute, but all these things are going on in the world, and, and it's unfair. And the next thing you know, you see God defending you and your enemies. They, what does God say? That they will, he'll make a footstool out of our enemies. And I know that it doesn't feel like that right now when you're in the middle of the fight, but how we continue to fight really matters. It really matters. God is just. I'm going to read some more scripture here in just a minute, but let's keep finishing up here. And when God will, rescue the oppressed. You know, in Habakkuk 3, 14 through 19, God will rescue the oppressed. You, I know many of us right now that are, list, that, that are listening to this podcast, whether you're in your car, you're watching online. I mean, from the moment I started talking about this and you're talking about, well, where is God? God is, hasn't seemed very just to me lately. Let me tell you something. He is the most just person that has, will, has ever existed or ever, ever will exist. He is absolutely just. God his timing and the way he sees things is completely different than you and I do. He sees everything from the beginning to the end. There's purpose sometimes. And I know here's the thing is that we, we need to have a real serious conversation with Adam and Eve, right? But when they fell and sin entered into the world, okay, when sin entered into the, to the, the knowledge of man, that's where it all went wrong, right there. Uh, I like how Ken Hem generally says, he says, you can, if everything you want to know what's wrong with the world, it's in the first, chap, first 11 chapters of Genesis. And I'll tell you what, I, I believe he is absolutely right. Here's a couple more scriptures in regards to justice. In Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. There's another minor prophet that I really like, and it's Amos. And if you haven't read it, I, I can really relate to him. It's like he's out doing his work. He's out. He's out. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he, trying to you know grow a business, an entrepreneur, trying to do his thing. And God calls him. Says, hey, you see these people over here, and how far they have fallen. I need you to go and speak to them. There was an authority in him and a fire in him. He says, "All right, well, that's what I'll go do then." Well, in Amos five, beginning in chapter first twenty four, says, "But let justice roll on like a river." Righteousness like a never-failing stream. This is a powerful visual if you think about it. The justice, let justice roll on like a river. Have you ever tried to stand in the middle of a river and stop it? You can't. Justice is going to come. And it, not only that, it will wipe everything clean. It will wipe all these people, all these wrongs that have been done to us, all these things that are going on, and it will wipe all of them out and wipe the slate clean. And God will do this for us, and we will get to be a part of that. But let me tell you, there's a, there's a book I'm reading right now called uh, Mal's America, and G. Von Fleet is a woman who wrote it, and you might have heard of her. And she, so the, the Loudoun County, remember back in 2021, when Loudoun County, and, and just how despicable it was, and these, these, these people were trying to teach this uh, critical race theory. Well, this woman, she grew up in Mal's China. She grew up during that 
a cultural revolution, and she saw, sees all the signs. See, over in, in China, they were able to use a caste system against them uh, to, to rise up, and it's the exact same thing, but here in America, that didn't work because we're the most prosperous, prosperous nation and, and people group in, in the history of the world. So that didn't work. So they had to come up with another plan. So wokeism and all that stuff, but race, right? Oh, well, you don't agree with me, then you're racist. And so everything comes down to the color and pigment of your skin, but that's really not even true because any, that don't, anything can be racist. And so that's the, the tool I use. Well, that's what critical race theory is. It's a Marxist ideology. And so she saw this coming, and, and she felt in her heart like she took time off work and went to that, and she spoke. And the, the, the chairperson there of the, the school board reduced her. She, they said, you're going to have two minutes. Well, they reduced her from two to one, and, and English is not her first language. And so there was a lot of pressure on her. She was sitting there trying to rapidly come up with something. Well, anyway, it went viral. You can go look her up. The book is powerful. In fact, I'm going to make every one of my kids read it because you need to know the fight that we're in and know how we can fight. Now, I understand I just mentioned something, that's, but let me tell you something. That Marxism, communism, socialism, it's all evil. It's demonic. It has demonic roots. And that's one of the things that is, a, is oppressing the world. Well, what about if you have somebody who is ill? I have a friend who has a, a very ill wife. Well, he's, they, they, it's amazing. We've, God has been moving. In fact, the fact that she is uh, still alive and, and, and not only that, that she's, she's flourishing right now, it's, it's just a, it's a hand of God. God is working. He hears your pleas. He hears your prayers. And so here's what I would, I would uh, encourage you. Think of your story, would you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share mine, not tonight. Um, I'm actually putting it in. The, the, I was praying recently, like, God, what do you mean talk about on the podcast? And the stuff that really interests me, I'm, I'm looking forward to get to it. It's going to come. Um, but there's, I'm, I'm excited to talk about giants. I'm excited to talk about pre-tribulation. I'm excited to talk about some of these other things. But the Lord said, tell your story. And I was like, that's kind of boring. And he said, tell your story. And here's what he told me is that the reason he wants me to tell my story is because my story, it's a miracle that I am who I am. It's a miracle that God saved me from the path and trajectory that I was on. But more than that is that when I share my story, it's, it's, it's encouraging to hopefully somebody else who is going through something similar. And so what my encouragement to you is, is what is your story? Because that's where I'm going to go with this. I want to know your story. I want to be able to we have to encourage one another. Iron sharpening iron is a very biblical principle. And so I just want to pray for you before we go. First of all, if this is your first time uh, to listen to the podcast, thanks for thanks for listening. Please, if this has blessed you in any way, subscribe, share it with a friend. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And Matthew, sorry, not Matthew, in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and God raised him from the dead, then, then you are saved. Have you ever made that profession of faith? My grandfather, you can do it anywhere. He did it when, on, the, on the bank of a river. Let me tell you, if you have not ever asked Jesus Christ into, into your life, it's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner, and you sent your only begotten Son to die for me, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. There's nothing I can do to earn it. It is a free gift, and it is eternal. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I know now that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you've just made that profession of faith, please, there's in the comments below, you'll actually see there's a section you can get a hold of us. Let us know so we can be praying with you and for you. I'm going to pray for you as we go, and then we'll see you on the next one. Well, Heavenly Father, we just come before you. I thank you for every person listening here 
today or tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless them. I know that there's a struggle in their life. There's something that's holding them up. Maybe it's in their job. Maybe it's in their finances. Maybe it's in their marriage. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a health issue. But, Father God, you are the sovereign creator of the universe, and you have all the answers. I pray, Abba, Father, healing and restoration in every area of their life. Be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.